Let me chug this real quick. Chug it, bro. You're on video chugging it. Hey. That's the way we start episode 87. What's up? Episode 87, 100 podcast. It's been a minute. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is, bro. We're, we're getting there. We're moving. I got Julian. Does a lot of things, bro. I feel like you're in, like, you were in the military. You're, like, medical field, right? You're um, starting to? No? I'm in nursing school. Nursing school. So, there you go. Getting in the medical field. And you do drone drone video videography, <laughs> photography. Like, a little bit of everything, bro. So, I want to start with the drones because it interests me because you kind of started in pandemic, it seems like. Yeah. And it just kind of took off. So what, like you've gotten mentioned by like some big names out here in the Valley, bro. For real, <laughs> for real, for real. Not trying to hype you up, but you're, you're a good art. You're a good artist, honestly. I'm humbled. Drone, drone artist, really. Um, but what got you into it and why'd you, why'd you choose drones, bro? Uh, so I bought my drone. It's a DJI Air 2S. I bought it uh, April, like right when COVID kicked off. I didn't do it because of COVID. It wasn't like, hey, the world's going to end. Let me just fly around the sky real quick. It was like, okay, well, I've always wanted to just like take pics. I never knew anything about photography. I didn't know anything about uh, how these things work or like FAA laws really. Um, But I was just browsing because it was like I saw a cinematic video where it was like, how are they getting these shots? And it used to be like helicopters and they were like, oh, these little drones you just fly around. And I was like... I've flown Jones in the military before. So then I looked up, saw it, perfect price. It was on sale, so I bought it. Um, it was like 1800 bucks. It was like a mid-level drone at the time. Now they have crazier ones. Um, That's crazy. You can get good drones for cheap now. I yeah. Feel like. like, if anyone wants a drone, you can buy a really, really good one for like 800 bucks. It's not expensive. Um, they're really easy to fly. And I was like, I have military experience with drones and flying. So I was like, it'll transfer over easy, and let's see what I have. So it was kind of like a test of myself. And then it came in the mail, and I just started flying it around, taking simple pictures and videos, because I was like, well, the valley's pretty cool. Like, I initially wanted to do it to where it's like, let me just record cities in the valley like I used to do like yeah. when I first started. And because as I would drive around, it's like, dude, these look pretty cool. Like, what's it look like from up there, though? So then I started doing these little cinematic style videos, and... I thought about going on YouTube, but YouTube's a whole different beast with like monetization and stuff. So I was like, I'm not gonna touch that. There's so many creators on YouTube as well. It's like it's, <laughs> you have to stand out. You're almost yeah, it's almost impossible. Yeah, if you bro. if you just show up like I have a drone, let me go be an artist. It's not gonna work out that well. Um, have but, you jumped on TikTok at all by chance? No, I don't fuck with TikTok. Really, Dude, bro? TikTok is so I it's TikToksic. I fucking hate it. It is. It is. But I feel like. I've not, I've like, i put a few videos, like, I really don't put any effort, I have like six videos on TikTok, but, yeah, yeah, more (laughs) than you, uh, but bro, I feel like you could, if you have like a really cinematic video, that shit would take off, and then your name would take off, because your name would be on there, you know, so it's like. The thing that's frustrating is like, TikTok, and this is, this goes into like the whole Instagram TV thing, and this is like a whole different topic, but See, I don't know shit about Instagram TV, (laughs) so yeah, you're like. I shoot, when I edit, I use, um. Adobe Premiere Pro to edit my videos, and then I use Adobe Lightroom for my pictures. And you can change the aspect ratio to like shoot it. I shoot wide frame, I shoot landscape, so all my videos are wide. Like you tilt your phone over, it works. Gotcha. TikTok is vertical. It's all like on a phone. Yes. If yeah. I plug in a landscape photo, it's gonna look jack. these giant black bars up top. You're not gonna get the whole experience. Gotcha. And you can't rotate it. So I'd have to basically shoot and plan my entire thing. To be narrowed down to the, just this in the frame. Mm, and that don't work. Yeah, yeah. So Especially I, when it's a drone, I get you. Yeah. You want and that cinematic, You like, need the whole fucking view. view. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big-ass camera. Um, but that's how I essentially got into it. And 
I've gotten better at it. I think I'm humbled by your words and everyone else's that have uh, reposted my shit or shared it. Bro, you had like big names repost your stuff in the valley, <laughs> like, like hotels, Chad. Coachella Valley, <laughs> the actual Instagram. Like, bro, I don't even know what else, bro. Like, yeah, shout out Chad, the first two. Chad and, VH, uh, Punk yeah. Drone. Fernando, Agua Caliente, you guys all shared my shit, so thank you. I thought, I, thought um, I was the drone guy, and then I got taken by everybody, bro. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna chill, bro. I'm just gonna chill out. But uh, uh, you, uh, what even? So, what made you get into drones in the first place in the military? Like, why did you choose that path? Was there? I didn't. So I was an infantryman. So I was in the Marine Corps for four years, 2013 to 2017. I joined. It was funny. Like I. I enlisted in junior year. Like, junior year, I was already official. What made you decide I'm going straight to the military, bro? <laughs> so, what, what I, in your brain made you do dude, that? Dude, that's funny. Everyone, <laughs> every recruiter told me this because they were like, dude, like, you, I swore to 16 on the ASVAB, which is not fucking high. And then they were like, hey, you could be like an Intel guy. Go Air Force. Why are you going Marine Corps? And I was like, Marine Corps, like, does cool badass shit. And I was at the time in high school, like, if you knew me in high school, I was... Me now would probably bully myself in high school. <laughs> yes. Like, I had long, like, Justin Bieber hair, scrawny-ass kid, could barely do two pull-ups. And it was like, what are you doing going Marines? Like, these gung-ho fucking rock eaters. And uh, I was like, just wanted to challenge myself. So then I barely made the fitness mark, like, to the T by seconds. Pull-ups were required three. I made two. So they were like, had to waiver me in. And, um... Damn, bro, you could have hit that... That what? one, bro. I was, I was <laughs> oh my like, God, I was like, bro. my arms at the time were like this thin. I was a scrawny little kid. Dude, I'm sorry, dude. It I tried. Like, that I third tried. one was like just holding it, and it's like I can't do it. They're like, we'll make this guy work. It'll, yeah, we'll figure him out. They we'll were like, fuck, out. bro, come on. Yeah. And um, they were trying to push me to go any other job than infantry, which is like the door kicking, shooting, blowing shit up. But I was like, I'm gonna be a marine. I'm not gonna sit behind a desk because that makes no fucking sense. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go all the way. And they were like, hey, you're gonna ship out. Uh, June 24th, and I was like, cool, I have like a month outside of graduation to chill. And then grad night happened, hey, good job, whatever. And on the bus home from grad night from Six Flags, my recruiter kept blowing me up, and I was asleep. And then I was like, hello? And he's like, hey, you're leaving tomorrow. And I was like, what? Like, I don't even have my degree yet. He's like, well, I'm at the I'm at the high school, you're going to give it to me, I'll make a copy, and I'll give it back, but you're leaving tomorrow morning. And I was like, dang, how do they do that? How could they, they just, it like they that? have a spot and you're their property. Now they fill it in. So no. that's just, I was like on the bus, like, dude, I have so much I had planned, like people to hang out with family shit. So I was like, who do I tell first? So then I was like, I gotta call my mom. So I told my mom and she was pissed. Like, yeah, I would feel pretty sick, bro. When they told me that uh, you're leaving tomorrow, it was so like, you didn't even get to enjoy your life, like anything at all. No. Like not, you're like straight to the military. Yeah, straight. It was my month. My birthday month is in May too. So it was like, I just turned 18. And then the day after I had one night, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings with my boys and that was it. And then the next morning woke up, went to boot camp. Life fucking started. Um, what, what was your experience at boot camp, bro? What was, and then, you know, I don't know. I just feel like asking cause I feel like a lot of people, get, you know, going to the military or think about going to the military. So what was, what was your, or your military experience in altogether, bro? What was it like? So whatever you can talk about. Yeah. I can talk about everything for the most part, but I'll start boot camp and then I'll work over to, yeah, yeah, yeah. as I got out. So in boot camp, I was like, keep in mind, I was 150 pounds at the time. Scrawny kid, bald head, um, farmer's tan, all that crazy shit. And I was like, not a nobody, but I was like, I'm not trying to be the squad leader and be like the the face of the platoon. I just want to get my shit done and get the fuck out of here. 
So I didn't try being the best at anything or anything like that. I was just do it and leave, get your shit. Um, it was interesting. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of shit that we had to do that was weird. For example, like, it's normal. Like, it's it's normal Marine Corps. Because, like, if you talk to Air Force buddies or Air Army buddies now, it's, like, privileged. But what I'm getting at is... In the Marine Corps, you're basically completely wiped of your mind. It's like a cult. So I always rank the branches. It's like if, if the military is a high school, the Navy is like the chill kids, like surfer kids maybe, um, or like water polo guys. The Air Force is like the IB students. The Army is like oh, general, just basic fucking students. No offense. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Army. Like, oh, he's no, I'm just kidding. You know, I love you guys. And, and then the Marine Corps is like the jocks, where it's like, maybe not the best grades, but best performance in terms of like fitness. So, and then Coast Guard, what are you anyways? Oh my Carlos, God. I love you. Um, so, um, I'm not even in the military. <laughs> Don't shoot me. Okay, let's go. You guys know what's all of. Yeah. But um, our boot camp, for example, is 13 weeks. So I was gone from June 2nd to August 30th, nonstop. And they take away your phone, you walk in, yell at you, they strip you down to your underwear, you only, actually no, you give up your underwear, you walk in, you put all your shit in a box, like your balls naked, and you put it on a box, you write your name on it, and they lock it in a container, like a shipping container. And then they give you like tidy whities like a, everything's issued to you, tidy whities socks, sizing you and everything, and you're completely like conveyor belted for days. And then you're just fucked with constantly. You think boot camp is the same now as it was no, when you were? No, it's not. No Definitely way, right? Definitely no, it's not. It's mm-hmm. been softened to shit. Because when I was in boot camp, they'd fucking hit you. Like, they would... I remember specifically one time walking out, and it was like, hey, you guys can go back in the barracks and just chill until we tell you what to do. And it's like, okay. And then I opened the door, and some DI walks out, his drill instructor. And he, like, bumps into me, and I was like, oh, sorry. And he, like, grabbed me and, like, put me against the wall. And he's like, get the fuck out of my way. And it was like, oh, my God. And then I got back down. He's like, you got a problem? And he, like, smacked me. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the? Like, you're in my way. But in reality, it's like, okay, I'm sorry I was in your way. But nowadays, you hear stories about, like, you know, if they cuss at you, they get written up. If they yell at you too hard, they can get written up. And it's like, bro, why would you join the military and want to be soft as fuck? You're in the military. Like, if like... you're going to go one day, eventually, go to war, and you're like, stop yelling at me. It's like, bro, grow the fuck up, like. You're getting fucking shot at and shit. It was better to get yelled at because then at the end, when your people are yelling at you, you're just like desensitized. You're like, all right, dude, yell at me. Fine. I don't care. But if you're new to yelling and you're like, I can't take this, then I don't know. Just don't join the military. It makes no sense. They want you to be able to, what, stay calm in those crazy situations, right? Yeah, because like as you, as you graduate in, so after boot camp, you go to SOI, which is School of Infantry Training. Um, You basically learn how to disassemble, put together all your different kinds of guns and rockets and all that shit. Grenades. How, sorry before I sorry yeah. for interrupting, but how is how is it tough like putting together like taking a, taking apart guns and putting them back together and shit? I don't think so personally. It's, it's just not um, the first time you're probably like, what the fuck is all this? But I'd say if you do it like five times in a row, like if I had mine, I'd show you right now. It's really not that hard. It's mm. not. It's it's like a big ass Lego, and there's oh got you. Got it's you. just a technique, and then the more you do it, muscle memory, it just becomes seamless. You can do it blindfolded. Um, but it's all really easy. Like, damn, you know, bro, you should have brought your gun and done it blindfolded no, right here. No. Oh, that would have been Wild so sweet. No. <laughs> I would have. That's water. That's not anything. Yeah, this is sparkling. It's, yeah, yeah, Saint Archer sparkling. Okay, all right. So you're in there. You're in there. You're working on. You're learning about the guns. So what's so after you graduate your school of infantry, you go to uh, your fleet, like your unit. Like, where are you gonna stay in? What's home to you? And you can go anywhere. You can go to Hawaii, 3rd Marines. You can go to Pendleton, 1st Marines. 
fifth Marines anywhere in the country. Um, and I looked out because I was basically told, Hey, you're going to one, one, which is first battalion, first Marines, blue diamond boys. And it was down the street from school. So you could fucking walk there. It was like three miles down the road. And it was like, okay, cool. So I'm staying here. I'm in San Diego. I'm two hours away from home. It's easy as fuck. I'm going to be here until I get out. And, uh, it got there and it was very interesting. The first, it was a Marine Corps birthday, which for all my Marines and everyone else in the military knows we're like fucking crackheads on our birthday. Like the craziest alcoholics come out. It's just like the biggest deal in the world. And as a new guy, it's like, you've obviously been hazed at some capacity, but as a new guy in the Marine Corps, infantry, especially like you're new here. Like, it's probably f- wild. It, so there were, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into like details or anything, but there be stories of like people throwing like flaming Molotovs off the catwalks onto you being like, come up here, bitch. Or like toilet paper rolls on fire throwing at you. And that shit happens. Um, but we got there and it was like, Hey, these guys just got back from Afghanistan. <clears throat> oh my like, God. They just lost a dude. They just got back from Afghan and you're the new guys replacing like their homies. And it's so like, they kind of hate you almost. Yeah, they kind of do already, but it's that's how it is. It, you're supposed to prove yourself. I gotta drink another. You're good, this, bro. This story is getting crazy. And so it's like, okay, and they're like, hey, so you need to get your blues in check and get the fuck over to the ball in like two days. So we show up, and everyone else they stare at you like, you know, what the fuck are you doing here? But you can't say like, for those of you probably watching this, like, why can't you just defend yourself? You have so much to prove as a new kid. To where it's like, if you're going to prove yourself as a Marine, like, you can't just be, like, talking back. You can't be saying, I don't want to do this. You just take it up the ass, be a fucking man about it, or woman, whatever you want to be, and then you just fucking handle it. And I got my ass beat a few times. I've been hazed ridiculously plenty of times. But as much as I hated it, it helped me realize, A, how to be a leader, how to take shit. If shit gets bad, it could always be worse. And it wasn't that terrible. Um... So it, it helped me in a way. And, you know, you deal with just a few months of that. You're not, you're a boot. So you're basically treated like dog shit, essentially, until you, A, prove you're, that you're good. So if you can, like, for example, I was given a saw, right? Uh, the 249 machine gun. And at the time, that was like heavy as fuck. I was the scrawniest kid in the platoon. I was like, I'll fucking do it. I want it. So you have it. And it's like, bro, I have to carry a 200 round magazine extra and then a rifle with six mags it's heavy as fuck but it's like i'll get big doing it fuck it i can do i can lay down fire so by doing that and by like doing blindfolded competitions with your seniors like no i'll beat you taking this shit apart and then you do it and it's like holy fuck this new guy beat you mad props you start earning respect little by little you know maybe you know more knowledge like in my off time i would study how to do like radio calls like call for mortars or call for like a Kazavak helicopter or something. So I would practice that. So if we're ever like in a field op, I could not show off, but it's like, if they ever ask me you shit, do it. I'm on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could easily be practicing or like playing video games in my off time. Or... It's like anything. It's like any team or any sort of like, you got yeah, like you to like show your, your yeah, you got to yeah. show your worth. If too. you get lazy with your craft and just going to fucking lose it and you can't show shit off. You're not going to be the new guy and go immediately to no. the, to the front. You know? I remember one time, this is, I'm not going to go on a tangent with half of this shit, but my biggest hazing event. It's everyone knows this story. I've posted it plenty of times, just for those of you that don't know. Uh, it was my first field op ever, and I was on duty the night before. So duty is Marine Corps term or military term for like you basically selected like, hey, you're gonna basically be like security for the barracks with you and someone else, and you're basically in chucks, so like official stiff ass uniform for 24 hours. 
just walking around, making sure nothing bad's happening, and you get six hours of sleep between both of you. But as the new guy, like, you just got here, you ain't sleeping six hours. Like, you're going to sleep for two hours at most. I'm going to take the rest. So it's like, okay, Corporal, I'll let you do that. So I was 18 I'm years old. I'm happy for my two hours. Thank yeah. You. Thank you, So sir. I wake up two hours oh, in, it's like, God. I'm a zombie. Like, fuck, I've never done this before. Oh. And then he's getting this beautiful sleep, uh, and <laughs> he's enjoying it. Wake up the next morning, and it's like, hey, you're going to the field, go pack your shit. And it's like, fuck, dude, I'm tired. But you can't say that. You can't say I'm tired. I don't want I want the day off. I'm going to the field. And then it, we were training. My company was tracks, so it's like the water assault shit, like the guys that open the ramp out. That was my company specialty. So you have three companies. You have airborne, so you have the guys dropping out of helicopters. You have boats, and then you have tracks. I was tracks. And we were getting a tracking brief, like, hey, this is where you're going to sit. This is how these things work. This is what happens in case we drown. This is what happens in case the fucking water breaks in, where you're going to escape out of. And I was falling asleep during that. I was, like, obviously tired as fuck. Just like, oh my god, I can't stay awake. But they're like, hey, wake the fuck up. And I was like, I'm trying, Corporal, I'm trying. And I fell asleep. I straight up just fell asleep standing up. That happens all the time. I've fallen asleep walking before. Oh and my god, bro. I just remember feeling that this weird pressure, like it was a pressure in my face. And then I woke up and I was like, the sky was there. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, on my back. But it was like this. Like everything was just covered. And everyone's like, holy fuck, you got knocked the fuck out. And I was like, well, and then some guy was like, he took that like a champ. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And everyone was like, holy shit, like he's bleeding. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I like rubbed my face and there's blood everywhere. And it's like, I can't open my eyes. And it's like, what the fuck's happening? And I guess my squad leader at the time, uh, he <laughs> he aimed from, from what my buddy said. He was like, he aimed from my eye and like backed up and then just decked me. What? And I was like, fuck. So I had glass. My glass broke and exploded inside my eye. How is that a hazing set? Well, it's a hazing set, but it was funny because it was it was ballsy in terms that it was in front of like captains, majors, staff NCO. It was in front of like the big boys. And it's like, you got some balls doing that to a new guy in front. So he was in trouble. He got in trouble pretty heavy, obviously. But I was this new like private on the ground. Like, what the fuck? And they were like, hey, like, you might have to get fucking Arab. You might lose your eye. And I was like, 18 years old, lose my eye. Like, what the fuck? And what the they fucking, f- they cleaned my eye out and we're like cleaning, like picking glass out, tweezing it. Like, no, you're good, dog. You're good. And I was like, so am I still doing this? Like, oh yeah, you're still going in the field up. Like, you're, are you right eye dominant? And I was like, yeah, I shoot with my right eye. And they're like, hey, you're good. It's your left eye. So I had to do the entire like two week field op with a bloody ass black eye. And they were like, at least this eye works. So I'd be sitting there behind the gun, like, this eye's just puffy as fuck, one glass, and it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh my And then that night, I got my ass beat from his buddies that were like, you got my boy in trouble. So it was like, I tried falling asleep, and then they like, you know, stomped my face, and like, you don't get to sleep, bitch, you slept enough today. And it's like, bro, what the fuck is happening? Like, I'm gonna die here. And then they had me sit in a plank, in like, full kit, so like, Kevlar, helmet, plate carrier, rifle on my back, like, sitting in a plank. For punishment for like an hour. And oh my god! I was like, bro. bro, just kill me. Just fucking pop one in my fucking head. This is a too much. This is I'm my first, done with this. My first time out. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. But it gets better. You get deployed for the first time. You know, you guys are all struggling, thousands of miles away from home. I went to Japan. Uh, it was a UDP, so it's like you go to Japan, you train in the jungle for a little bit, then you go to Mount Fuji, you train in the winter in the snow, which was fucked up. 
Yeah, you go to Tokyo for like a weekend, and then you go to Thailand, and you train with the recon marines there. What was your most interesting experience internationally, or like your most memorable, like what you think about Memorable like, in man. terms of wildness, or memorable in terms of like happiness? Wildness, or cool, or yeah, happiness, whatever you think. Whatever you think of first when you're like, damn, that was, I can't believe I did Thailand. that. Thailand. Thailand? I'm not going to say too much about Thailand, but if you know about Thailand, you know about Thailand. And <laughs> it, was, it was, I'll say that. We were. Oh my god! I'll say the end result. Isn't Hangover one of them in Thailand? Yeah, I think. Okay, I think so. so if you watch Hangover, then there you go. And that bro. shit, I can promise you, from like that video or that movie, that shit actually happens. Like that, all that shit in that movie is probably fucking true. Damn, man, um, that's crazy. Went to Padia Beach because we spent a whole month, a whole ass month, training with these Thai guys, and they're crazy. Like, you know, I have videos on my phone of like these Thai guys. Um, the first second you get there, you have to kind of like, you know, earn your spot with them. And I beat my chest cause it was like these fucking gung ho guys and they all love Marines because one, their currency is bot. So bot like 33 bot is $1. Okay. So like you could buy shit out there for like 10 cents. So when a bunch of Marines show up desperate to spend money, I, I remember them saying, I think we were like our one month there was 70% of the city's income. Our one month. So they're like, yes, they buy need everything. Us there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were happy to spend it all there. And save money at the same time. But after training with them, hiking in like 100% humidity, swampy jungle shit, fucking bugs everywhere, nasty. They're like, hey, you get one weekend in basically Bangkok. And it's like, hey, let's fucking go. So we got there and we're like, hey, um, you know, just be safe. You can't go to these cities. You can't go in these areas. And Marines being Marines are like, bet. Like, I'll fucking go wherever I want. <laughs> I'm going to that zoo. So, oh, everyone man. was there. So it was like, hey, let's go to the zoos. And the zoos are fucked up over there. They're not like America where it's like, you know, animal. Like, hey, like we train these animals. And Thailand, they'll straight like smack the lion. And America's face. still not good. America's bro. still terrible. So yeah. if you think America's bad, don't you dare travel internationally. Oh, um, shit. But we got there. And then it was nighttime was hidden. So it's like, let's get wild. So you'd have guys like the cities were like, you can't go here. Fucking everybody was there. The fucking staff sergeants were there. Gunnies were there. Those are like... And for all you like non-military, what I'm saying is like imagine seeing your CEO there. Or imagine seeing your your managers in the places you were told not to. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And um, like, Didn't you just tell me? You just said not to and you're fucking in here. Like, we're good Basically, then, right? there's a spot in Thailand. I didn't do anything because I, I... First of all, I hate, I hate strippers and I hate prostitutes. Like those are the biggest waste of time in my opinion. But in Thailand, that's like the thing to do is like go do this. So there was a city called like Soy something, and it was basically like picture El Paseo, but it's all brothels. Yeah, yeah, so you have yeah. a bunch of Marines there, like you have very obvious polo shirts, haircuts, white boys, chilling around, just being like, "Hey, like, let me go get a dance or a, a fuck a girl for like twenty bucks American." And or what uh, they think is a girl. What they think? They'll, yeah, they're all over the place. They're all over the place. I know, bro. I know. <laughs> and um, that happened. Um, and then we get a call like, hey, everyone get the fuck back right now. Like, code red, essentially. Get the fuck back to the hotel. And it's like, what the fuck happened? Like, it's only 10 o'clock at night. So then we all have to, we have 30 minutes as an entire battalion, which is like 500 people to get back in 30 minutes or else you're fucked up. So everyone gets back. And as we get out of the, like the, the cabs, like, hey, we're here now. You see hospital, like uh, ambulances showing up, police cars. Like, you have guys getting on stretchers, you got people throwing up up the stairs, like, what the fuck is happening? This is a movie. And then we get up, we get in the hotel, we get in the hotel, 
And the hotel is like inward, so that there's no balconies. It's like the balconies facing inward. Gotcha. So the lobby's in the bottom, and then all the balcony catwalks are facing all you the way like top. You can like see. Yeah. yeah. If you'd have Marines fucking hookers on like the 30th floor, bending them over the balcony so you hear the echoes of them fucking up top. You have guys screaming, chugging beer. Just the lobby is a mess because the Marines are here. And it's not a military hotel. It's like a Holiday Inn. Whoa. So you have families everywhere. You have like, there was this model bikini club there. And I can't imagine what the fuck happened with them. But in the one night we were there, the one fucking night we were there, our battalion commander, who's like a lieutenant colonel, like big name shit, he was pissed and he never got pissed. And he was like, in, I think it was like, he said like in 10 hours, you guys have one Marine's been arrested by the mob. Uh, you have one guy assaulting, uh, like a pimp, essentially like a Russian pimp. You have staff NCOs, which are like managers, Breaking their teeth, going to the hospital, being drunk as fuck. A bunch of Marines underage drinking. You have prostitutes running around the entire hotel. You have, like, people fighting vendors out in town. Like, what the fuck is happening? It's like, uh, what? (laughs) And I guess one of my friends at the time, Sully, what he was the biggest story is he was out in town. um, And they always told us that the Russian presence is huge out here. Like, be careful. And there was this pimp, I guess, like, slapping his girl around. And Sully was, like, this dude, like, you know, big gung-ho guy, didn't take shit. Um, and he saw that and was like, hey, like, leave me the fuck alone. And the Russian guy's like, fuck you. And then I guess Sully beat the fuck out of him. And then he got thrown in a car and was like, you're done. Damn. And then they had to bail him out of jail internationally. And it was like, holy fuck. Like, Sully was a good dude. He passed away. But he was like, Ooh. to do that was fucking... It was a very Sully thing to do. But He's, like, like, very, like, stand-up guy. Like, yeah, very, like... Fucking... I, it's hard... That's the hardest thing about being Marines internationally is you have to deal with cultures that don't sit well with you. Yeah. So, like, that was... And that's their culture. You can't fight it. It's how it works. And if you step in, you're technically, like, ignorant because you don't get how they... You don't respect that. You can't agree with it, but you have to respect it because you're an ambassador for the United States when you're overseas. Yeah. So, jumping ahead heavily, um, like Australia. Australia has Aborigines, which are, like, Native Americans of the land. And we were told specifically, do not intervene. These guys beat their women. They'll stomp their faces in, but it's just their culture. If you step in, you're getting arrested, not them. So we had to watch it. We'd be out in town watching it sometimes. Damn, really, And you see these aborigines, like, with a girl, like, kneeing her face against a wall or throwing her. And it's like, you just have to either look away or watch, hoping that a cop shows up to be like, hey, you can't do this. Because if I step in, then I'm going to jail for basically dealing with international affairs. And it's not worth it. Um, so it's a big deal, but it's, you have to just kind of swallow your pride and be like, this is the world outside of what I know. If I try to make the world way, the way I want, it's not going to go well for me. Doesn't that, doesn't that trip you out on how much people hate America? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like how much people are like, fuck our country when it's like, bro, if you come out, if you leave the country. Because I feel like most people that say they hate it have never really seen it outside because I tell a lot of people this. And I didn't go to, like, Afghanistan. I didn't... I never done anything fucking crazy. I'm not going to pretend that I did. All I did in my military time was train foreign militaries to go to war, essentially. It sounds cool, but in military culture, you didn't do shit. Yeah. So... But you still traveled internationally. Well, yeah. You, you still got experience. Yeah, I have experience, and I've trained. I've shot plenty of different guns and done some cool shit. Gone to cool courses. Um, I love my time, and I don't regret it at all for a second. But peop- I appreciated America most when I was out of it. Because when you watch international news talking about America, it's interesting. Because sometimes they'll talk about it like, hey, it's either the lowest of the low, where it's like they hate you and America does this again. Shocker. And you're like, that's home. 
or sometimes they'll talk it up like, you know, America does this and you can tell by the article or by the person reporting, they're either like struck, like why would America do this or why is America doing this? And it's like, you see other people view us and you talk to foreign countries or foreign individuals and they love America. They're like, dude, I wish I could go with you. I wish I could be here. And it's like, bro, to see that want on someone and then to go home and see someone who's lived with a fucking thousand dollar phone, fucking technology here, pampered. We're fucking pampered. And people call yourself poor to still be like, fuck this place. It would be better somewhere else. It's like, have you been somewhere else? Like, truly. I'm not talking about Cancun. I'm not talking about fucking Italy or Greece. I'm talking somewhere third world shit. Have you been there and actually walked around and talked to people? Yeah, not the tourist areas. Yeah, fucking tourist isn't... Tourism is not an experience. It's what they want you to see. If people go to LA, you don't think of, you know, Compton or fucking Inglewood or Skid Row. You think of downtown. You think of Santa Monica. You hit so, maybe Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm in L.A. No, you're not. You're in the fancy part of L.A. You're not in the, the real shit. Um, Interesting. Man. So people only see what they want, and that got really deep real quick. But but no, I just feel that's that's how I feel. I just think a lot of people hate on the country they that they were born and raised in, and it's like we got all these things that are not even like necessities they're just like extras just because we live here you're privileged and yeah we're super privileged and a lot of people hate on our country and like i get it there's some corruption and like there's some weird shit going on just like everywhere but fuck bro like the corruption here is a lot less i think from what i feel like than a lot of fucking crazy countries bro when you like look at it i'd hope at least i remember we were um, a lot more freedom here when we were in thailand I think it was the Philippines. I can't remember, but there was a coup going on. A coup is like when the the government orders a military against the people, basically to shut the fuck up. Like the military's like, "Hey, the the guy in charge, the president is like, "Hey, I'm here now. You do what I say." The people are like, "No, fuck you." And the governor's or whoever it is is like, "Well, I'm going to tell the military to go fucking kill you if you speak out." So that was happening while we were in Thailand, and it's like, "Fuck." Like, imagine that being America. That would never happen. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, but facts. that imagine living through that. Like, if I walk outside and it's like past curfew, or there's a military dude outside, like get back in your home, and you're like, okay. That's why the people that were like so about quarantine and about like having a curfew and stuff, I was like, nah, dude, you don't that. understand, bro. <laughs> you don't understand, bro. Like, I, I've never even been international, but I know, bro. As soon as we start giving up all our freedoms, bro. Good luck, man. Give them an inch, Good luck getting them back, bro. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah, that's so crazy. And How? I okay, go go ahead. No, I was gonna say, um, the military too. Like most people associate military like vets and stuff. Like you must be this red, white, and blue flying, you know, chest beating, American flag toting fuck who will never speak out against America, never love America, or never hate it. That's not true. I feel like most vets in their time at least the vets I've served with especially, that are awake and aware, will be like, you know, I love this country so much and I served it for a reason. I didn't serve it to be like, oh, free college or, oh, I wanted to shoot or kill somebody. It's stupid. I served it to serve me, to better myself, give my last kids something to look for, my, my, my kids and my last name something to have backing them and to just say that I did something cool in my life. And to sit there and be like, hey, America has no problems. You're wrong. America has tons of fucking problems. America has a very ugly side. It is very corrupt. And the only fault is truly us. We are are the ones doing it. Like, we're sitting here chilling when it's like there's a lot of problems to be faced. But we trust people who put on a smile for us to trust, hey, do what I ask. You know, we're voting these people in. 
And it's like, once you realize the people you vote for don't give a fuck about you, just because they look like you does not mean they give a fuck. I could be Mexican, right? I'm not going to go vote for a Mexican person because, well, he looks like me. He must know what I want. No, the fuck he doesn't. Bro, I don't want to get too political, but when you're, yeah. when you're telling people to mask up and then you go to parties and there's no mask there, <laughs> I think there's an issue there. I yeah. think that's when, like, she doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I don't want to get me? political on it. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, like, many people, so many people have been like, hey... Like, do your part. And it's like, what the fuck you mean? You were on Snapchat last night at a party. Yeah, you're all vaccinated, but then you all get sick. So yeah. you do your part and stay inside. And then how many shots until we're fully vaccinated? You never. <laughs> 17. We got to so get 12 like, I, boosters. Everyone I know, this is the only thing I'll say about COVID. Because I know it's a huge... I don't know anything. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I'm not a doctor either. I'm... I'm <laughs> that's so funny and nothing against like like i've said it before on my instagram if you're vaccinated awesome dude go for it if it works for you either way bro if it works for you i'm happy that you feel safer truly i am but don't tell me to get it just because you don't feel safe you don't feel safe you shouldn't be outside just saying for one two everyone i know that's gotten covid has a vaccine everyone i know that has never gotten covid is not vaccinated so, yes, you could say that's the antibodies being in your system, whatever. But I've been around people that have COVID constantly, and I've never gotten it myself. I've got, I got COVID. I'm not vaccinated, but... Oh, well, first time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I got COVID. I'm not vaccinated. But uh, I don't know, bro. I think if you're young and you're healthy, it's your choice, obviously. Um, and fitness is a huge part, I too. I think if you're young, you're healthy, you're pretty much fine. It's yeah. almost like a cold for you, or maybe like a flu. Because when I got it, I got nauseous like for yeah. like a week. But if you're older, you know, like probably, yeah, maybe get the vaccine if you feel like you're super nervous about it. But honestly, I don't think it should be mandated. I think when you can't even yeah. say it works, when people are still getting COVID, <laughs> when you have the, when you have the yeah. vaccine, bro, yeah. I don't think you can really say, like, you need to get this shit because I think that's kind of crazy. But um, I wanted to just touch on one more thing from your military experience because mm-hmm. I just saw somebody post about it, uh, Japan. Like, is Japan look futuristic like i heard it was like pretty crazy <clears throat> from maybe i don't know how long ago you went but like i, I heard 20, now i was in japan 2014 october to 2015 march That's or not april, too long april. Ago. um and japan is cool japan okay so i talked about thailand for being cool like thailand was the craziest experience ever like yeah. you got people biting heads off chickens and spiders and shit <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i don't this is my favorite podcast dude so, All right, let's go. so Japan was cool because you get there. We were in Okinawa, which is like nothing against Japanese, but it's like Okinawa is like bottom barrel Japan where it's like Southern Islander jungles. It's not first world Tokyo like you see. Gotcha, it's gotcha, it's gotcha. shit. Um, but you, you you embrace that. So we trained in the jungle first and then we're like, hey, we're going to Fuji. And Fuji, you know, Big Mount Fuji, it was winter time. Winter training, snow training. It was fucked up. It was cold as shit. <laughs> that sounds terrible. One of my buddies hyped out. Uh, he got hypothermia. It's called hyping out. And he knows who he is, but I love you, and I'm glad you're well. But uh, He really got hypothermia? It was so cold there. Yeah, that happens a lot. But it was <sighs> funny because we it was, it was our hike back. So we're in the field for like two weeks, and we're like, hey, we're going to walk back. It's about 12 miles walk. We have about 100 pounds on our back, whatever. Let's just hike. Two in the morning, we're going to wake up and go out. I didn't know where we were at the time. Apparently, we were at the base of the fucking volcano, like Mount Fuji. I didn't know that. So it was like, man, it's fucking cold out here. How cold is it? And I'm like, hey, let's put your backpack on. You put your main pack on. You pull your camelback hose out. And I pulled my camelback out and my hose. And all I legit heard was like, and it's like, it's frozen. It's that cold. All of our water is frozen. I took my hat off. Cover. Sorry. And uh, I run my fingers through my hair and it's just ice. It's like slushies. And it's like. 
fuck, dude. It's cold as shit out here. <laughs> so you got to walk to get warm. And so you're walking 12 miles and the sun comes out and you're like, holy fuck. We're literally at the base of this iconic fucking volcano. It's sick as fuck. But we're done. And they're like, hey, you earned a weekend in Tokyo. Let's fucking go. So, sorry for burping, by the way. But uh, I you... burped throughout the whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to Tokyo and it was a... It was honestly one of the prettiest cities I've ever been to. Like, it's the cleanest by far. They don't have trash cans out like America. America has trash cans randomly in cities and, like, corners. There's no trash. There's no gum. There's no graffiti. There's none of that. It's just straight up clean. Because I feel like... And also, the culture is different. Because they told us, do not point. If you point, it's like doing this. Mm. So, there'd be you could tell Americans anywhere because they'd be like, oh, look at that. And Japanese people just look and they're like, man. Fucking and it's like, fuck, dude. Like, the cultural difference is crazy. And everyone's quiet. Everyone minds their own business. There's no fights. The police stations are like little kiosks. Nothing crazy happened. Like, genuinely. And um, the food was amazing. It was super clean, super nice, super cheap. Um, the nightlife was fun. The The neons were fucking crazy. The beer was delicious. The food was fresh. I remember one time uh, this place brought out, like, a rock. It was, like, a sizzling rock. I thought it was, like, Applebee's. And they had me cook my own steak on, like, this volcanic rock thing. And I was like, this is sick. Damn. Sushi was bomb. Um, and it was just fucking sick, bro. And so Tokyo was legit. Tokyo, that I want to go back future, to Tokyo. Bad that future feel. Yeah. yeah, it was easily one of the most fun cities. You can just put the beer here if you want. You know, it's, yeah, it work. <laughs> um, but Tokyo had my heart in a way because it's like this is one of the most chill, passionate, like just fun cities I've ever been to. There's some weird shit, but it's not like terrible. You know, like there was this one place. This is totally off topic. Um, maybe TMI, I don't know. But <laughs> Tokyo's like New York. I guess it's kind of in boroughs. So you have like Shinjuku, Tokyo, Shibuya, Tokyo, Kyoto, to- Tokyo, stuff like Oh, maybe not Kyoto, but you know what I mean? There's like sections. And Shibuya was like, is like New York, like Manhattan, downtown shit. Shinjuku, I guess would be like Brooklyn, maybe? Mm-hmm. But Shinjuku was always told us, is like, this is the crazy part of Tokyo for all those you not know. So that's where you'd have like, like the gangs and shit. Yeah, but they told us to be aware of like Nigerians because I guess Nigerians are there and they like to corner Marines. So you'd have like you. It's very obvious because you'd see two dudes walking up front, two dudes from the side, two dudes from the back trying to corner you into a corner, and it's like I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Mm, um, what's the point of that? Them trying to corner Marines. I guess just ask for money. You know, uh, like hey, what are you doing in my city kind of shit. Um, but then you have like really pushy salesmen too. Like you'd have strip club guys that know you're American. Americans like strippers, sadly. So you'd have uh, these. Tokyo dudes corner you and they're like, hey, come, come fuck girl, come see girl. And it's like, nah, I'm good, thank you. And they're getting in your way and it's like, bro, like, fucking move. And they're like, no, you Marine, you like girl, you pay. And it's like, please move, like, no, no. And then they're just cornering you and then more guys come out to try to ask you and it's like, you can't deck them. Yeah. It's like, get the fuck out of my way, bro. Like, I don't want to fucking see your whatever the fuck you have in there. And they start getting kind of aggressive, but it's like, and if you hit them, you're in trouble. So it's like, I'm just going to They kind of, like, know that shit, too. Yeah, if I'm I just sure. pass this block, they'll leave me the fuck alone. And um, there was this one corner. It was weird as fuck. It was this giant building I saw so many people going into. And it's like, the fuck is in there? <laughs> you walk inside, and it's like a porn shop. Or, like, a like a sex shop. Like, a sex mm-hmm. toy shop. But it was, like, or seven or eight floors. But it's like, why the fuck is it so much? Like, what the fuck is up there? So you get curious. Yeah. The first floor was, like, basic, like... It's Schizo Kitty shit, right? Nothing crazy. Shout out Schizo Kitty. Yeah, shout let's out go <laughs> local. So, and as you go up in the floors, it gets fucking intense, like crazy shit, bro. <laughs> oh 
It was from like the first floor was like little bunny vibrators, and the last floor was like straight up forearms. Oh, and my it's like, God. what the fuck am I yeah. around? I'm getting you got like, like full woman, like, yeah, full, like a like, whole woman. ass doll just sitting there Damn, talking to you. Now. Bro. It was just wild, and you have to embrace that because Tokyo is very sexual too. Like you'll see ads for that shit. You have hookers everywhere, but it's like it was the least crazy city. It was just the most normal, but it was so clean, and it was just so respectful. Everyone there loved it. You could tell. And it was just nice. I mean, I would love to go back. Um, I plan on going back. I don't know when then because it's expensive. Uh, but yeah, it was it was dope. Um, it seems like the military is a interesting experience, but you can like, <laughs> you can definitely, I don't know, like you can definitely turn into a man from it. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you definitely see the whole world and then you start, you definitely mature. You have no choice. You have no you, choice if you're in the military, you, I feel like. You do have a choice. And what I mean by that is you can either embrace what's happening to you or you can stay comfortable and fight what you're feeling. Because I've seen plenty of dudes, especially like so after um, after Japan, I went to like a salt climbers, which was like a military rock climbing course. And then I went to Bridgeport, which was either the best fucking time of my life. Shout out to the fucking 124 boys. Love you guys. Um, and after that, we were like, hey, you're going to deploy again to Australia. Like this is your last deployment before you get out. You know, train the Australian guys because they have to get deployed to Afghanistan. You're going to train them your tactics before they leave. And it's like... How many years did you do? Four. Gotcha. 2013, 17. And Australia was from April to October 2016. And um, got there. Australia was a blast. Fucking crazy ass motherfuckers. Uh, crazy animals and bugs too. Fuck that. Place. I was going to ask you, bro. That was my main thing. Is there... Are the bugs really that crazy? There? Yes. They're fucking psycho or what? The, the birds. Fuck? The fucking birds, bro. Like, so we got on base. It's Darwin. Darwin is like... It's like if DHS... I'm never going to Australia, bro. No, no, I don't no, like bugs, you should, bro. You I should. don't like bugs like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's dude. plenty of... So Darwin, where we were at, typical Marine Corps shit, they picked the bottom of the barrel cities to stay in. Mm. Darwin is like if DHS and Thermal fucked and created like an entire, like, I don't know, giant fucking it's city. It's just fucked. Okay. It's fucked up. And it's yeah. hot, it's nasty, it's humid, it's gross. Um, but that's Shout what... out DHS and Thermal. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Northgate. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, we were there, and it was like, the spiders there are huge. They're fucking ginormous. And then they were like, hey, there's snakes, and, you know, not don't only look careful on the ground, they also climb trees. And it's like, did you just say a snake can climb a tree? Like, what the fuck? So, you're walking around trees like, don't fucking kill me, please. Damn. And then there's spiders everywhere, the mosquitoes, fucking mosquitoes, dude. The Marine Corps, we were doing a BZR range, so it was that range I always post, like me posted up. And it's where you're basically setting in your rifle to be accurate. And they were giving you mosquito nets and mosquito spray. And they're like, oh, you should be good. Um, no, we weren't. Because you sit there and spray yourself down all naked. You're like, hey, I'm good. Nighttime hits. And all you hear is buzzing. And you have a mosquito net, which is like a little stand you're kind of safe in as you're sleeping in your sleeping bag. And you just hear like, zzz, and like they're poking the cotton or whatever. And it's like the Jumanji shit where it's like, get the fuck away from me. No And you way. go to sleep, like just go to bed, just go to bed. And you wake yeah. up and you're just fucking painted. Like my legs, my thighs. They like, were still getting you. Yeah, they were in. They broke inside our shit. So everyone's just like fucking scratching and oh, covered in mosquitoes. Oh no way! Yeah, it was pretty wild. I'm really not fucking with this. But that's a shitty part of Australia. So what I was getting at is, how do we even get here? We were there, Australia. Hold on. I said I don't ever want to go to Australia. Yeah. And you said no. You need to go to Australia. And so then we got to your beds that were terrible. Australia, said, North Australia is shit. And then they were like, hey. We're going to drive down to South Australia to Coltana 
to train with um, some of the, like the Jackal Boys. That was their name, and be with them for like a solid. I think it was a month, and just our platoon was like isolated. So we're tracks. So Australia has the same things. Very old, but it was the best time deployed in my life because it was where we were most independent. Because usually you have all these ranks above you barking at you and telling you micromanaging every little fucking thing you do. This time I was already a team leader, so I had guys under me. Um, I had a position of like status. I was about to get out, so I was mature in the military, uh, I, within military terms, and um, I didn't give a fuck anymore because I'm about to get out after this. So you have that mixed in with the best platoon leadership ever, which is like a good a good platoon sergeant and a better fucking uh, uh, platoon commander, like officer. Who just are synchronatic, dude. These two are the best ever. You had a salty ass combat veteran staff sergeant and a brand new lieutenant who would work together and they would feed off each other like mom and dad. And just us, no no captains with us, no majors, no gunnery sergeants yelling at us. It's just us, tracks, and the country. Mm. And it was the best two weeks of my life because we got really close to the Australian dude. Shout out Deadman and fucking... Marshy, you guys. Did you still shit. talk to those guys? Occasionally, yeah. I'll still That's legit. Yeah. So, um, one of the guys' last name was Deadman, and it was funny because everyone gets to Australia and they're like, "Oh, Steve Irwin." Let me just really rock out with the Steve Irwin accent, and they fucking hate that over there. If you show mm-hmm. up and you're like Crikey, they'll straight up smack you, and they're like, "Don't do that shit." And it's like, <laughs> okay, and they'll mock you. You know, if I if I said like, "Oh, Crikey," they'd be like, "Hey, you Mexican?" It's like, yeah. They're like, "Do you like you know hot sauce and fucking tortillas and fucking?" It's like, These yeah. Are- Okay, then shut the fuck up. And it's like, okay, sorry. <laughs> I won't do that. Um, but best dudes ever. And they just teach you shit because it's like, hey, you know, you're alone out here. And you can either sit there and choose in terms of maturity in the military to stick with what you know and just do the the time stamping thing of by this time I should do this, by this time I should do that. Or you can embrace where the fuck you're at, how far you are from home. You have no fucking cell service. You have nothing. You can't take your phone out. You're either going to live in the moment or you know, live in your head. So what are you gonna do? Because you'd have guys worrying about like, hey, I wonder if my ex is cheating on me, or I wonder if, you know, my mom. She probably is. She definitely is. If you're in the Marine Corps and you're deployed, your girl's on cheating you. on you, bro. Yeah, bro, definitely. <laughs> I wouldn't have a girlfriend if you're in the military. It's hard. I did at the time, but it's it's hard, dude. There's a lot of shit. Even you if to... you're around every day, she's probably cheating on you. So, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so there's a saying I'm called kidding, there's bro, a saying dude. called Jody and Jody in the Marine Corps. Yeah, what is that? I've seen you say something about that. I've seen you post about it, bro. And then I've seen you post, don't fucking call a fucking uh, what is it? A magazine, a clip, or some shit. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <different>. <laughs> okay, okay, that's right. different. That's good. Okay. Jody is the Marine Corps term for while you're deployed, Jody is fucking your girl. So Uh, there's always either that, there's always some, (laughs) there's always, and this isn't going, if you're a military wife, you know, good for you. And I know a lot of good military wives. But in my time, I've seen some shit go down with military wives. Some shitty military wives. But it's also the Marines' fault. Because a lot of Marines marry young, like 18 years old, they're like, I'm going to get married. Because when you're married, you make three times as much more money. Yeah. So it's like, I'll just get married. And then you're like living on the fucking. You're living off of that. Yeah. Your wife is living off of your bank account. You got most guys marry strippers. You go to Oceanside, you marry a stripper you fucked one time, and then no way. Two weeks later, you guys are engaged, and it's like, dog, do you even know her? And it's like, I love her, bro. And it's like, good luck. Get married. Two months in, she cheated on me, stole my whole all my money, left. And it's like, I really think a lot of people. I really think marriage is kind of like you. Really, probably shouldn't get married nowadays. I really think you should, unless you're like you've been. <sighs> Together for, for a while. I feel, yeah, I just feel like marriage is like, I think at that point, then you're forcing it. 
You know? I think as soon as you get married, then it's like, oh, we have no choice. We need to make it work. But when you're just kind of, like, not married, it's kind of a weird thing. But when you're not married, it's just like, you're just enjoying it, you know? It's not like a... You know, you have to. Yeah, you have to. It's like it. a contract. Once you get married, right? It's literally a contract. Yeah. Um. To and me, marriage like, has stemmed away from what it is, and that's not, not the same thing. I bro. know plenty of good married couples where it's like, dude, you guys are what I wish marriage was still. But plenty of married people I know are married, and it's like, either there's like this weird thing they do, or it's like it doesn't seem real. Like there's something tangible that's not there. Um. Where it just seems like it's either I'm married to say like I have a ring. Or for the guy I'm married to say I have a wife, but either someone cheats, someone leaves randomly, um, you know, someone wants kids and doesn't want kids all the time. I know sudden. from experience, bro. Like, I had kids, I'm still literally married, but we're not together. Like, it's like, we've already had kids with other people. Yeah. So I just know from experience, it's like... It's hard, I can imagine. It's tough, bro. And then especially if you have kids with them, and then like all that, bro. Kids is, I think, even bigger than marriage, because marriage is not that big. Marriage is like... You could, you could, whatever. You could divorce, whatever. Yeah. But when you have kids, it's like you are stuck with that person. You have no choice, bro. Because they need the parent in that life. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if you guys are split up, it's like, yeah, you still got to deal with them. You have you to maintain communicated around. just to be respectful for the child. So you got to really think about the kids, I think. I think that's what a lot of people don't think about when they have all these kids. And shit is so wild nowadays, bro. I feel like, yeah. I wonder how these kids are going to be in the next 20, 30 years, you know? The I kids that are coming nowadays. And that might be me being fucking all, you know pessimistic or whatever but dude i feel like a lot of people aren't that good at parents they're not shit bro i think i have issues as, as being a parent i'm a young parent i feel like i could i think i'm a good parent and i like i coach my kids in football i'm there every day and i still feel like i'm not the best parent so i the think people you're a good that, dad yeah but the people that aren't bro fuck dude yeah like, i feel like people um they either want a kid to say they have one but they don't know what it truly entails like if you have a kid and you're questionable about it, you shouldn't be... If you're thinking about the wrongs before the rights of having a kid, in my opinion, you shouldn't have a kid. Because it's like, if I have a kid, my whole life is going to have to be him. That's not a bad thing. Exactly. It's just, I cannot be selfish for a second of my night. If my kid needs me, if I haven't taught my kid enough, if I haven't shown him or her how to do this, if I haven't given them every piece of my brain and my heart, there's no point because it's like, that kid's going to grow up with questions. He's going to question his dad, his mom. He's going to question his existence. He's going to question everything. And it's like, then what? That's the weirdest thing, bro, is as soon as you have a kid, they're the main character. Yep. They're the now, they're the main story plot. And your whole life is just dedicated to their success. Yeah. And that's a beautiful and a scary thing. Especially if you're like, I feel like a lot of these young people that, that don't even know what they want to do. And then they have a kid and then it's like, well, you didn't figure it out, did you? You know, you know. That'd be fucking horrifying. Bro, it's tough, bro. And I had kids early, so I know, I know it's tough and you got to keep just, uh, Grinding. Grinding, exactly, bro. Just figure it out. You gotta, like, keep them the main character and still try to figure out your own thing. And that's tough, bro. Shout out to single dads and single moms. I know plenty of fucking good-ass single dads. Not saying, like, you're a single dad, but Mom, if you're raising a dad by, or a kid by yourself as a parent, mom or dad, you're the shit, and you're doing well. Because I've seen plenty of moms, especially nowadays, because I feel like dudes just fucking leave. Um, it's like, dude, how are you doing that? Like, in, in my nursing school at the time... You'd have, like, single moms there, and it's like, they're getting A's. They're fucking showing up. They're studying all night. They're on Zoom with their kid while, like, playing with them. And it's like, how the fuck could you do that? Like, my dog's barking, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. And your kid's crying, and you're, like, taking notes on your iPad and shit. And it's like, I could never be that strong as a single parent. Crazy, man. It's just wild. Being a parent is wild, bro. It's definitely an experience, and it's, it's one of those, like, it is... You're not the same after you have kids, you know? After you have kids, you... And that's what's crazy. I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it. He even, he even says, like, 
you you look at people differently. You look at them as like a baby, you know? Like you're like, damn, this person actually like was a baby at some point mm-hmm. and then something in life made Happened. them turn into that person. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, when you're not, you don't have kids, you don't even really think about it. You just think of them as an adult or like some old yeah. person or whatever. And, I, can, uh, I can see that. But let's get back to you. So, sorry, I just got into the kid no, thing. Good. I don't know why. But, you're uh, good, bro. What, yeah, what, uh, what is your goals now, bro? What are what are your goals now? What 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 do you want to do in the next five years with your? Are you is uh, your whole goal the the drones and nursing? Is that what you? So because <laughs> drones, are, bro. Honestly, I don't know if you think take it that serious, but you're really good at that. I don't know if you've gotten a lot of jobs from it. I don't know if you've taken it that serious to where you're actually like trying to get jobs. But you should be getting jobs from that work, bro. You do real work <laughs> on drones. So I'm humbled, and I hope to earn those words. But I. I don't know. I'm hard on myself. So I'll be like, dude, I'll look back at like my first, like my first five videos. I'm like, fuck, dude, you sucked. Like, but it's like, Hey, I was, that was my first time ever even learning this program and just trying it. So I want to remix them and like make them modern. Cause I feel like me now is not peak, but it's pretty fucking good. That's the one thing I'll say of benefiting myself is yeah. I know my editing has shot the fuck up. How did you learn all that editing? Because I literally bro, just played with it. And then just I would download YouTube videos and that, that's where Hunter came in is, Hunter would be like, hey, with sand crawlers, right? Like our shooting page. Sand, sand, so sand crawlers. to give me a follow back and stop and following me. That's me. <laughs> Fucking give me a follow back. Why are you following me, so, bro? So Owen and Hunter were in charge of it. And then Owen's in boot camp. Owen Lopez is Hunter's little brother. And so now I'm in not charge of it. But while he's gone, I'm running. It. Oh, okay. So I'll follow you back. Damn, bro. <laughs> so um, when Hunter saw me, Hunter Lopez is a, a really good friend of mine. Um, and... He had sand crawlers. He was like the the head of it. He was the main character of that with his brother Owen. And then he when was I, the one that started it. He started it. Yeah. And it's called really sand crawlers because he's a huge Star Wars nerd. And if you know Star Wars, sand crawlers was just the term for like Jawa machines, essentially vehicles. So it worked, and we're in the sand. So fuck it. And when I got my drone and my uh, my handheld Sony A sixty four hundred and my camera, my gimbal, he was like, "Yo." When I get back, we're going pro. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I had to get some. I have to get work in and put the hours in, so when he comes back home, I can sit there and be like, this is exactly what I told you I was going to do. Like, I'm going to be really good at my craft. So um, I would sit there and just practice editing. It's like, okay, I need to really work on these jump cuts or the music transitions because before I do a video, I have to have a song. I can't edit a video if I don't have a music or a, a song to plug in the beats to because it doesn't work. Um, that's so weird, bro. I do it the opposite. I can't do it. I, I do it where I edit the video and then I add a song. There have been so many times, like this past I... video I posted with like the the snow thing. Uh huh. Um, I was like, some of your photos were legit, dude. They're I appreciate it. Sorry. Big Bear was fucking insane. Yeah. Big Bear was. We gotta still hit LA, bro. You gotta let me yeah. know. We gotta do well, it. Well, us and Chad too, um, because I know Chad's fucking FPV shit's wild. Oh but, yeah. But um, yeah, LA's LA coming soon. He does the first. Per- he does it with the first person thing. He, he has an the- FPV. Yeah. Oh no way! But I he hasn't flown in a while. He's been killing it with his handheld. I shit. love that we're probably losing half the fucking crowd talking about drones. But I love yeah, it, I could give a fuck. Keep going. No, I'm interested. Yeah. I, I don't give a fuck. Fuck, the, <laughs> fuck you guys, bro. I just, I just, shoot me a follow. I'm at like 300. Let's get to 500. So subscribers. The, the drone thing. Um, I just I got good by practicing with it because I was like, hey. How do I plug in, like, how do I get the font to fade into the video in terms of, like, the video comes out of the font, like, Stranger Things. Yeah. And I was like, I, I was like, YouTube helped a lot, but then it's like, let me just fuck with it. Let me just download shit and FaceTime my boys so they can watch me practice and see if it even looks good. Mm-hmm. So I would do that, and then it's like, okay, I think I'm good now. So I'll try editing a video, I'll post it, 
And that's why I'm usually like, critique me. Like, I'm not saying critique me to be like, oh my god, you're so good. Or, oh my god, you're so fantastic at your work. I don't want to hear that. Like, I appreciate it. But I want to hear the guys being like, you should improve on your jumps. Or maybe don't add so much blue to your grading. Or maybe don't add too much contrast. Because then it's like, okay, thank you. Because I like constructive criticism. Like, fuck me up. Like, make me feel like I don't know shit so I could go learn shit. That's what I like doing. I don't like to be hyped up and told that I'm the GOAT. The most interesting thing of that, of, like, the editing I've learned myself, and I'm sure you learn, uh, like, you're saying you learn to kind of just act on the go is like every video you do you kind of learn something new i feel like that's how i was, it was yes, like you just see something new case. Yep. and you're like what the fuck oh this is yep. cool you know so <laughs> that's that's the case it's just more experience you know experience just kind of is the it makes me wonder where i'm going to be at like a few years from now um in regards to your question with the drone thing i've had offers some have flaked some have not but i don't have i don't have a license yet so i'm not what is I'm like you don't have the seven. FAA license, so yeah. I'm certified and I'm licensed with the FAA, but I'm not. I don't have a pilot's license, so I can't take technically offers for monetization. Wait, so, you don't have the FAA license? Not part the actual of, pilot's license, like the yeah part one hundred seven, like three hundred yeah. bucks or whatever. No, I have the certification and I'm registered. Honestly, bro, I I never even was asked that question, nor like nobody's ever even checked my license, and I got it. I hear that, but then some people hit me up like, "Yo, the FAA is out there. Careful, careful." And it's like, I've never seen anybody can find. I hope that, I've watched YouTubers that have been like, "The FAA caught me, and now I owe like three hundred thousand dollars." Yeah, they fucking almost hit a plane or some yeah, shit. Yeah, and it's like, them, bro. You know? Um, but I've had offers to buy my art, and when I say buy my art, oh, that's interesting. My picks. So that like, would work. Yeah, that's not the same thing. I right? don't know how because I don't know what you were saying. What? What not? I don't yeah. know what that is. Whatnot is an app, and it's basically like a, you basically you make an account, and it's almost like a social media app. But what's weird is like you don't message people or anything, but you go on to different live auctions and you uh, you bid on people's shit. So like people do art, people do sneakers, people do uh, like Funko Pops, people do sports cards, people do all that, bro. That's what I do for whatnot. But I think. I think something like that would be interesting for you. Maybe you should actually. Maybe we should talk after the podcast and try to get you because I'm like a, I'm like one of their like trusted live sellers because I've <laughs> done so many auctions and shit. So like I could get mm-hmm. people in. So if you want to actually sell art and just sit there and talk about your art pieces and talk about bro, you'd probably sell some art pieces for sure. I know art I have, prints at least art prints because people sure. hit me up like yo, I need this print for my living room or I need this print for like it looks sick as fuck, and yeah. it's like. Maybe make ten of I never a certain size. Make ten of a certain size. And yeah. Just like when I started this, I was like, "It's a hobby." Like I just want to, I just want to show people how fucking nice their cities that they drive through on the freeway can look every day. Because one thing that that drone flying and just handheld photography has taught me is the shit I walk by daily that looks like yeah, whatever. I'm here. When you record it from like a perspective, of, I want to see how nice this shit looks. It looks fucking clean. Yeah, or you realize how symmetrical some shit is. And yeah, you're like, dude. damn, this person put some work into like whoever designed yeah. this. Actually, like, there's a lot of shit. Somehow figured it out without having a drone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, this shit looks perfect. And you just you know? appreciate it. And it's like, especially when it's home, like Coachella. The, my Coachella video is probably the most fun I shot because I was not familiar with it in terms of how much art there is. Like, yeah, you drive by the graffiti and the flat black shop. Shout out, you guys. But it's like you drive by and you're like, oh, cool. But when you're trying to look for it, you're like, holy fuck, this is clean. Some of this shit slaps. Yeah, bro. That's and what I, I want to hit LA, bro, so bad. Yeah, I hit LA LA's so got bad. tons of that shit. I think because LA, like you said, when you visit LA and you go to all the tourist spots, you don't even see LA, you know? LA no. is like a You got to go deep into the cities animal. no one else wants to go to. Yeah. And then show them that. And then it's like, okay. Like your plan, I won't say the plan, but the plan we'll you had it for out. it was clean. 
We're um, going to do it, bro, soon, definitely. Yeah, I have multiple drones in the air. So what do you want to do as your career? You want to you, you want to do the nursing? Is that your is that what you I feel like I just think you're one of those guys you want to help people out, I feel like. So like that's probably why you're like I can't just do drone. I got to like Yeah, the drones I got to save people, you know. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. I got to help people. You're not you wrong. Know? I mean, yeah. yes, you're very right, but the drone thing is a hobby. And yeah, I wouldn't mind monetizing off of that, but to me, like people have said like hey, go pro or go get a photography degree or go blah blah blah. It'd be cool too, but the thing about that is I'd have to maintain clientele, and it's like personal training. Like I'd love to do personal training, but I have to constantly keep people hungry for it, or else I am broke, and that's too much to do with art selling. Where it's like, ah, maybe not. So I like helping people, and that goes into like my mental health journey that I always post about on my Instagram. But um, I'm actually leaving nursing. Shocker! You're the first person I think to say that or hear that publicly. But oh shit, I'm leaving nursing because of the climate from today, which is like with the COVID thing in nursing. It's very weird. Like I feel like people. I'm not gonna get into it, but if you question what they say by any means, you're not gonna be a good nurse. You're like a bad guy. And it's like, bro, like this is the military because in the military I got out because I couldn't ask questions. I couldn't say why and. I posted on Instagram the other day, a person, man or woman, will do, will go through any who, at any where, at any what, you know, they'll do anything as long as they have the reason why, like, why am I doing this? If you say because I said so, or because this is what science is, or because it's what the fuck is supposed to happen, that's not a reason, that's just a blanket statement to shut me up. So if I ask questions as to why, why is it this way? And I'm not asking to be a dick. I'm asking it to be like, hey, I need to know so I can tell my patients this. And you don't give me a proper answer. I'm not going to want to be a nurse because it's like, well, from what I know of nursing right now, it's either do what the fuck I say and do what the science says or get the fuck out. Mm. And I can't last in that because that's why I left the Marine Corps. And I know that. So I'm actually going to move to Colorado this year with my buddies. Um, So I moved to Colorado by June is like the goal. I already got accepted. I start school on Tuesday. Shocker. Fuck. <laughs> Damn, um, bro. But online, so Colorado, um, I'm going to study psych and then be a suicide prevention counselor for veterans because that speaks close to me. Um, and from personal experience of mental health issues, it's like, dude, we need more guys in therapy for one because I feel like men's mental health is always touched over. And I feel like dudes, especially military guys, don't look at it. Mm, and yeah. guys always have this chest beating, gung-ho, like, you know, be a man, bro. You got this shit, dog. Or like, hey, bro, you're, you're, you're good. You can handle bro. it. Kind hey, of. bro, you're good. Don't worry about it, man. And it's like, what the fuck you mean? Like, I'm fucking dying here in my head. But I guess I'll be a man, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've lost tons of friends to suicide, bro. Like, military guys especially. Like, I've lost I've lost six friends to suicide. And within, within, within three years, technically. And it's a lot. And every time someone died, they were closer and closer to me. And it fucked with me mentally. Uh, until eventually I attempted it myself. A huge shot. I know it's totally transitioned, but for anyone in, in, in need, I guess, I have done that. But it's like, you learn from it because it's like, okay, you're in pain. But I feel like most people that attempt suicide or even try it, they don't want to die. They just want relief, you know? They just want to have an exact, like an instant gratification of how do I get this shit to end? Because it's like, my life is not the hardest by any fucking means. My life is actually nice. Yeah. But what I've been through sucked dick heavily. Um, But if I can share my experiences with someone who's had a percent of what I had to go through and I can help them, why the fuck would I waste my time? Was that 
right after you got out of the military? Yeah, dude. Fuck. Was it the military experience that kind of ate at you, or was it before that? It's a a double-edged sword, because you're getting out of the military, and you're told, hey, you're going to re-enlist or not? Do you want to re-up? You can go anywhere you want, and you can be whatever Marine you want to be. Or you can go, you know, try for special forces, go out for fucking recon, try out for pararescue, whatever. And it's like, I want to get out. And it's like, they'll scare you. At least in my experience, a lot of Marines will scare you. Like, hey, if you get out... You have to buy your own rent. You have to pay for your own phone bill. Mm. You have to pay for your own... You're not going to make it out there. People kill themselves. You sure you want to do that? And it's like, Whoa. why are you scaring me, bro? Like, I'm kind of scared now. Like, yeah, I, I can do it. People do it all the time. So then you get out. And the Marine Corps basically just... Have fun. Like, one day you're in. You show up on base to IPAC. Get your DD-214. They're like, you're done. You drive off base and that's it. You're done. No, you're not. Your life is now wherever the fuck you're driving to. You can't drive back on base and just sit. So... My family and I, we're not super close. Like, we're not, we're not a good family. I got you. Um, We don't talk, really. And we're not very supportive. Uh, My siblings and I are, but my my parents, no, fuck no. And so when I got out, I was with them, and I was not healthy. So that was one. Parents divorced. uh, Rather, mom, stepdad divorced. So then I was like, fuck. Like, this sucks. Because they're separating, but it's more so the kids. Like, my little brother and sister are, like, my life. So, like, I have to step up for them, in a sense, and try to be, like, the dad. So, I'd pick them up from school, drive them, drop them off at school. I was failing school myself because I was focusing on everyone else but me. And then I have friends dying, you know? Like, a few months in, it's like, hey, so-and-so's dead. Hey, so-and-so's dead. It's like, fuck, dude, fuck. Okay, fine. I can't focus. I don't know how school works. I barely knew how a lunch break worked. I barely knew how employment worked because I'm new to this shit. And then people look at you like, hey, you know, what's your job title experience? You're 22 years old. It's like, I was a Marine infantryman. I was a team leader, blah, blah. It's like, can you work a computer? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, it doesn't translate well. Like, yeah, yeah, being able yeah. to clear a room out and shoot an AT4 and disassemble seven different kinds of firearms does not translate to, hi, welcome to 24-Hour Fitness. How can I help you? Like, that does not translate. Yeah. But you yeah, have to yeah. just suck it up and be like, maybe I wasted my fucking time. <laughs> so, um you deal with that amidst not having good family, and then years and years go down. I was eventually out of the a year after. I was living in an apartment with my parents. They left, so I had it, and then I got a job at the gun store, um, Second Amendment. Now it's Turner's, um, and I didn't have anywhere to live because I was like, well, my parents are gone. I'm leaving this place; it's too expensive. So I was just kind of essentially homeless. Maybe, maybe not. I was just going from like my buddy's floor, my brother's closet. My buddy's couch. You're just everywhere. Just bouncing. Couch, just, couch surfing. Just couch surfing, yeah. And I was like, hey, but my no one at work knew, and that's not their fault. I just didn't want to fucking have that portrayal of weakness, typical man shit. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, I was broke as fuck, living paycheck to paycheck heavy. And um, on top of that, dealing with my little brother and sister still, I'm still failing every fucking class I have, but I'm trying because I'm like, I don't want to quit. And the VA's paying for it, so it's wasting their time too. And then after that, I had no car, so I was Ubering to work everywhere. So I would just call an Uber, I lift up at like 7, 8 a.m., and then drop them off down the block so I could walk, so no one would see me get dropped off in an Uber. Damn, bro, that's cutting out of your fucking paycheck, Yeah, and then it's expensive daily, just spending $27 to go drive like, you know, six miles down the road. And I did that for months and months until my buddy Corey was like, hey, we just lived together. So it was our girlfriends and I at the time, lived together, uh, and... 
then spending money from Lyft to rent, it still didn't really balance out. I didn't get a second job. I was just super, just kind of living in the moment, just not very healthily. Dropped out of school because I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I want to do yet. Because I went from, I'm going to study nursing. And I was like, nursing's stupid. I'm going to study English. I like writing. Fuck English. I'm going to study uh, criminal justice. I'll be a cop. I tried out for the sheriff's department thing. Passed. Pulled out because I was like, I don't want to do this. And then I was like, I'll be Border Patrol. It's more federal. Dropped out of Border Patrol, the, the whole uh, process. And I was like, I'll just go contracting. Like, private military, like, mercenary shit. I almost went to Afghanistan for that. And I was like, actually, fuck that. I'll just lose my whole life. I'm not going to do that. Pulled out of that. And I was like, I like helping people. But I want to be a nurse. I'll do EMT. EMS. I was, I was doing fire science and EMT shit. Dropped out of that. Because I was like, this is dumb. This isn't paying well. And then I was like, I'll do uh, nursing in the end. Because I like helping people. And I pursued that again, but that took years. All that shit happened. All this was in like a three-year period. And amidst our two-year period. And amidst all this, I have, like I said, friends dying. Like Sully, the guy I told you about. He died. He committed suicide the same day my grandma died. So that day was fucked up for me. And after that, I was a mess. I remember that happened specifically. I was like, fuck, dude. And then after that, um, my other buddy, Matt G., I don't know if you know, uh, Matt G, uh, he, you know, died by suicide in Matt March, G. March, 2020. But between those two, um, I was a mess. Obviously I was just not no family. Really. My family and I don't talk. We're not supportive. We fucking not hate each other, but we're not really fucking cool with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, friends not knowing how fucked up you are. You have really nowhere to really call home. You don't feel supported. You have no idea what you want to do with you your life. You just felt like you're by yourself. You're kinda. fucking alone as fuck. And you're like, dude, like, and then I just start entertaining the idea of what if I died? Like, one, would anyone miss me? Two, is it that big of a deal? Like, it'll be quick for me. Everyone else will get the fuck over it. I'm not a big deal anyways. So you start entertaining that and then it starts fucking flowing in your head. And then eventually it was November, 2019. I like, I didn't attempt it. Like I didn't fucking pull the trigger on off or anything. I just sat in the bathroom. I was like, I'm fucking done with this shit. This shit's fucking annoying. I'm fucking tired of wasting my life. And I just sat in my bathroom with a gun in my mouth. And I was like, just, you know, one, two, three. No, three, two, one. What should I do? And I was overthinking it because I didn't want to do it. And then my dog at the time, he was like scratching at the door. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, just shut up. But he knew, obviously. And so then I opened the door and then I just broke down. I was like, I don't want to do this shit. So then I sat out therapy. My therapist saved my fucking life. Um, she was an angel. She was dope as fuck. She was not nice in terms of she was like, she was a military vet too. She was stern with me. Like, yo, get your fucking shit together. I'll help you. So she brought my whole life around. A lot of the wisdom I think I have, I'm not saying I'm a wise person by any fucking means, but I know I have some wisdom and I like to give some of that to her and what she taught me because she really brought my ass what, up. What would you pass along to anybody that is having suicidal thoughts? The same thing I always say on my Instagram, which is don't let a temporary moment or pain affect you permanently and make you make it a permanent decision. Because everything I felt was temporary. Whether it's, hey, people are mad at you. People are sad at you. Shit's not going your way. That's not permanent. That's temporary. And it's all a product of my choices. Everything I did was my choice. So if I put the blame on my mom, if I put the blame on my boys, if I put the blame on the military, I'm avoiding the mirror, which is, hey... This is all you, dude. Everything you've done is your choice. So if I sit there and pretend that I didn't do any of this, like I'm the victim here, I'm going to eventually end up with a fucking bullet in my brain because I couldn't accept life. Because it was everybody else. Everyone else goes to this I shit. couldn't handle this shit. Everybody goes to That's shit. That's crazy. I heard the same, I heard something pretty close to that saying, on, I don't know, it was some famous guy or something, and he basically said like, 
was something you'd pass along, and it's like this too shall pass. So yeah, like, this moment too yeah. shall pass. You It'll know, like, yeah, like it's like you, good things. It'll pass. Bad things. It'll pass. Yeah. Like Everything happiness. Ends. It'll pass. Sadness. It'll pass. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a that's an interesting way to look at it, you know. Like everything will kind of just yeah, and it's dope because it's like I don't know. Fix itself. I don't complain about shit anymore. Like yeah, shit's annoying, but it's like whenever I have those thoughts of like fuck, man, this shit sucks. It's like well, could be way worse, and it's like it's cool because I'll have people reach out to me like, hey, I thought about this isn't this isn't this is not a flex for me either. I know what I'm about to say comes off douchey. I'm not trying to make it sound douchey. But since I've been very vocal about, like, my shit on Instagram and stuff, people have reached out to me that I don't even know. That have been like, yo, bro, like, I wanted to kill myself tonight, but, like, I read your story and I appreciate it. Or, hey, you know, I went through one of the things you did and, you know, your perspective helped me out. And it's like, thanks, dude, I appreciate that. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, fuck yeah, because I'm a fucking goat. I fucking, no, it's, I'm humbled and I appreciate it, but I'm still learning shit. I'm still in therapy twice a week. I'm still going through shit myself, but... It's just become easier to manage, and there's this Hosey Air song called uh, Arsonist's Lullaby. It's a good song, but he says in that song, don't ever tame your demons, but keep them on a leash. So that's how I kind of see it, is you can't ever get rid of what's wrong with you. I have anxiety and a bunch of other shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't pretend that it'll just vanish. You ever listen to Jordan Peterson? Occasionally. He yeah. says something kind of like that, like, well, you, you want to be able to be, like, crazy, you know? Like, you, you want to be able to, like be that guy that can handle uh you know like you want to be able to fight if you have to you know like not that you i agree with that not that you want to or whatever but you have to be able to you know be able to hit that dark side sometimes you know you have to you have to dwell in darkness to appreciate a lot of light yeah yeah you don't appreciate good until you've had bad yeah exactly bro what uh Shout out to your social medias. I think we've already made it over an hour. And I don't I don't want I think this is a good podcast. I wanna end it right here, bro. I wanna end it. This is like heat. I think this is if anybody listens to this, they they better make it through the whole thing. Cause this is like this is a real podcast, man. This is, this is a I know that was a huge tangent I just went off on. Bro, I appreciate it. It's not the alcohol. It's just if I'm gonna tell people I wanna be a vet suicide therapist, you have to know why. It's like anyone can say, I wanna help people, but it's like, bitch, why? Like why do you have that? It's such a cliche to be like, I want to save lives. What There's happened to you? There's got to be a you? reason, yeah. Something yeah. had to have happened to you to be like, I want to put myself last and someone else first. So, from my experience, whenever I'd call the suicide hotline, a lot of these fuckers, no offense to the suicide hotline, it's a good place to start. But when I was like fucking going through it, they'd be like, well, you'll be all right, dude. It's okay. And it's like, fuck you. Like, I can tell myself that. What are you going to tell me? Fix me. Thanks. Help me. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's this blanket statement to just help veterans, and that's why vets kill themselves. So, it's like... As a vet, an infantry vet, I could teach my shit that I've learned at some capacity to someone who's, like, going through, maybe they're going through a divorce. Guess what? My parents did, too. Maybe they're suicidal. Guess what? I did that, too. Maybe their family hates them. Mine do, too. Maybe their, you know, fucking friends are dying. Guess what? Mine did, too. Let's talk about it. So, it's, like, it's a waste of time for me to live my life not helping someone else. That's why I see it that way. And that sounds douchey, maybe. I don't know. Not really. You just gotta be able to understand them, you know. Like you and you understand them. You you felt yeah, that. Yeah, you gotta speak their language. Yeah, you felt what they felt. Uh, you know, like yeah, completely. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's a, that's good, bro. That's all. I, 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 I see you as a person that wants to uh, help. You know, <laughs> I so do. that's very badly. That's great, bro. And and uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people. Uh, 
you know, life is a lot more fulfilling when you're giving, I feel like. I, I think, personally, I think when you're giving and you're not taking it, it ends up being a lot more fulfilling. Yeah, giving a gift is better than getting one. For and sure. And whether that yeah. gift is physical or platonic or it has meaning and it's emotional, it, it just, it means more. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... Shout out your Instagram and your social medias real quick. <laughs> Let's go. We gotta shout them out, bro. You gotta shout yourself out a little bit. My plug, my, plug. my Instagram plug is shit. my last name underscore first name. So it's just at V A L L E S underscore J U L I A N. And Volant Views. Yeah, Volant Views. It's uh at five hundred and three followers, I think. That's pretty good, dude. Thanks. I, I was doing Robert's Drum Media for like two three years and uh you <laughs> passed me up in like two months bro so whatever so uh, like in six months or whatever it was i just it was buy quick. i just buy my views. i buy i, I buy, buy my followers That's hilarious, <laughs> no but i don't i'm just kidding episode 87 man this is this is one of the better episodes i appreciate it bro julian Thanks. i'm sure we'll have another one let's see let's pause this baby up it's dead oh